Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. Well, good morning, church family. Hope you're doing well. We had a fun family moment this weekend. We're uh, so good to have our daughter Jessie come home from college, but do you remember two years ago when I said to you, as she's going to Purdue, hey, would you uh, just pray along with me that she doesn't buy me a Purdue shirt, because if my daughter buys me a shirt, I'm going to have to wear it. Well, that day came yesterday. Jessie came home, her sweet self, and handed me this shirt, and when I put it on, you, <laughs> you know... You know how when you put on some shirts as a guy, it's like, this is going to be a, it's it just like, ah, I'm going to wear this for a decade. Like, it just feels so good. Like, you've got that t-shirt or sweatshirt. That's how this felt. And, and so I wear this today for two reasons. One is to illustrate the last verse in our text, which is Luke chapter 12, 30, 34, that says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For two years, our treasure, one of our kids, has been at Purdue. And now, I'm wearing black and gold in public. Something I never thought I would do. So, so there's that. But second reason is, this is my pastoral attempt at comforting those who mourn. Because <laughs> Friday night, that was a painful game for you Purdue fans. And I know, and I was actually... Uh, a little mad too because Purdue was representing Indiana at the state in the big dance and uh, took that painful loss. So, so there's that. The, uh, it, it was, uh, I was thinking, aren't you thankful for um, the games happening though? And man, we were down last night at, in Indy and it was just hopping again the city and just uh, the gift of game, really the gift of sport is what brings us together is um, where we would Normally, a lot of people wouldn't be together. The one dilemma this raises to me, though, is what do, you do, what do I do when uh, Purdue plays IU? And so, you know, that's, that's going to be that tough moment. But actually, it's, uh, it's a pretty easy decision. <laughs> Go IU! <laughs> but uh, anyway, I live in a conflicted head now. You pray for me. But... Let's go ahead and we'll uh, pray and, and dig into God's word together. Father, we do just thank you that we can come to you as your children, dearly loved, Lord, and not as uh, a fan of this team or a fan of that team or a, a member of this race or that race or this uh, party or that party, but as one family in you rescued from the dominion of darkness by your grace and brought into the kingdom of light for the purpose of declaring your praise. And we do praise you today, Father. We thank you for, uh, for each member of our church family. And today we, as a, a body, remember those who are hurting. And think specifically this morning of Donnie Brown as he's returned to the hospital battling COVID and and is now in the ICU. And Lord, we just pray that you would bring healing to his body. We pray wisdom for those who care for him. We pray peace for his family, for Wendy and, and the kids. 
And Lord, we thank you so much for Donnie, his life, his testimony, and we pray that you would raise him up for the glory of your name. Lord, we pray for uh, Bob McLaughlin this morning. Thank you that his heart situation seems to have stabilized, but pray continued wisdom for, uh, for the doctors and, and those who care for him. Pray healing, complete healing for him and peace for his family as well. And Lord, we know that each of us brings something into this room that's a, a burden, a concern, and so we, we just lift it to you in these moments. Thank you that you are faithful that you promised to, uh, to be with us in the tough moments of life. We pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, question today, what is your big worry? If you had to pick one worry right now, that's, it's, it's what's just showing up. It's like a, mount, a mountain, that ordinary day, but when it comes to mind, it's like, it looms and it casts a shadow of anxiety over your heart. The, the one worry or, or concern, and maybe it's in the realm of some relationships, maybe your family, maybe worried for a family member or something that uh, someone close to you is going through. Maybe it's in the realm of a health need, a health situation. Maybe it's a, a worry around finances. And there's a Wondering how is God going to provide in, in a way that you know have a very real financial need. Maybe it's in the realm of your job or career choice and uh, you're at that transition point. What's the, if you would say, okay, this is my big worry right now, what, what would that be? As you think about that worry, the, the power of that to create fill our hearts with, with fear, with, with a toxic anxiety. When that worry is at play, it, it makes it hard to love the people around us. We, we lose sight of others and start to focus on our needs, and we, it's easy to become irritable and just less than loving the way God's called us to. Keeps us from, from doing the good. We, we start to, uh, we can become fearful of, of taking courageous steps into whatever God has called us to do. What do you do and what do we do as followers of Jesus when that worry looms large in front of us? And this is where, are you ready for some good news today? Last week was high challenge, we talked about. This week is high comfort. And Jesus, when, when he calls us to, to come follow me, this is radical, but, but it's a call into a worry-free life. The call to follow Christ is a call to live free from worry, the, the toxic anxiety that would paralyze us in fear, and rather to, to follow him into a, a life that's, or with a soul that's worry-free. And we say, well, how? How does that happen? And God not only calls us to this, but he shows us the way in his word. And today we come to a central text in understanding how to actually live this out, how to step into the joy of a worry-free life which not only is it a joyful thing, but it actually frees us to do the good that he's called us to do. So join me there in Luke chapter 12. These are the very words of, of Jesus. The context in this text is important. As 
he's been, Jesus has been teaching to a large crowd, and there's a guy in the crowd that shouts, hey, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Frustrated that his brother's being greedy, selfish, and Jesus says, hey, who made me your judge? And then he says, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, because life does not consist in, in an abundance of possessions. And then he tells that story of a rich man who he kept having good crops and he kept building bigger barns. I kept thinking of Hawkeye storage in our own community that you just see these storage barns going up, up, up. And this guy's doing that. And then uh, Jesus says he actually was a fool in that he was going to die that night. And his point is resist the urge to store things up for yourself. Rather be rich towards God. And we've talked about this text, parallel text in 2 Timothy chapter 6. Be rich towards God. Is, is really his call here, which leaves us asking, okay, in a world of scarcity where there is a limited supply, how do we do this? H- how do we live generously? How do we live rich toward God and worry-free? And, uh, and what's that look like? And that's where we pick up our te- text today. Jesus says, then Jesus said to his disciples, so he turns from the crowd, now he's talking to followers, those who are, are following him, and this is what he says, therefore I tell you, Do not worry about your life, about what you will eat, internal essentials, or about your body, what you will wear, the external essentials. So the the necessities of life, do not worry. And so we immediately ask, okay, what is worry? What's he have in mind? The word that he uses here, what, what exactly is he talking about? Because really, shouldn't we have concerns about life? With, aren't there legitimate needs and legitimate concerns? We, and the answer is, oh, yes. And this is not a, 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 a excuse to live an irresponsible life or to, uh, it's not encouraging us just to be flippant towards what's coming and think about being strategic in terms of how we provide for the needs that, that are very real needs as we look to the future. The word here is is a, uh, it's a, a neat word, and we find it several times in Scripture, but it's the idea of allowing a concern, a legitimate concern, to become a, uh, the focus of our life. And we start to replay, replay that concern over, over and over in our minds. It dominates our thinking, it affects our emotions, and, and ultimately affects our will, the decisions we make as well. The, the idea of worry here is I'm just letting a concern spin. Um, it's on replay, just coming back again and again and again. And it's, it becomes our focus, owns our attention. And what it does is creates a toxic anxiety. So the state of our soul is no longer one of um, what God's called us into, of, of just faith, joy, peace, and all of that. But rather, it's this toxic um, wondering, what's going to happen? Am I going to have what I, what I need? And so... Say, where else does this word appear? And it helps us understand the word when we see it play out in other contexts. In Luke chapter 10, verse 41, remember Jesus, it's the word Jesus says to Martha when she's all upset about the meal and all these things, legitimate concerns, but he says, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. And what did it cause her to do? Miss the main thing. And he uses that word worried. It's also used in the other essential text when it comes to anxiety and worry as we learn to live worry-free, is Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, where God says, do not be anxious about anything. And it's that word, worry. Don't let the concerns of life spin in your head. 
But what's this text call us to? Instead, um, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your request to God and his peace will guard our hearts and the call to prayer in that text. The other core text is 1 Peter 5, verse 7, where Peter says, uh, cast all your cares, and it's that, this word, worry, cast all your worries on him because he does care for you. So, but back to this context, what keeps us from being rich toward God? What tempts us to build bigger barns and hang on to our stuff? At the root of greed is worry. That, that worry that I'm not going to have enough. I'm going to run out. And it keeps us from doing the good that, that God calls us to do. And so God's calling is clear. Do not worry. And this is our Lord talking, like looking at us saying, hey, do not worry. This is, this is life in my kingdom. Do not worry. To which we say, okay, how? And he fleshes out five reasons that, that we can step into this worry-free life. Five reasons that are powerful that really create one core truth that we'll come back to to hang on to and pack with us today. But the first reason is in verse 23. He says, reason one is something bigger is going on. He says, for life is more than food and the body more than clothes. When we worry about material possessions and we, we start to just, am I going to have enough? Am I going to have enough? Am I going to have enough? We, we lose sight of the, the bigger picture. And it is true, we need stuff to exist. But why are we really here? It's to know God, it's to love God, it's to walk with Him, and it's to be a part of a kingdom that we can't see right now. The church is the outpost of this kingdom. But where Jesus said, came preaching the good news of the kingdom, He said, I, there's another realm, another reality at play here. And the challenge for us as Jesus followers is to live for that kingdom. And if we get caught up in living for this stuff, we lose sight. There's more at play, he's saying. And worry can cause us to lose sight of, of that. And then uh, he, he moves on. Second reason, he says, it, the, the reason is if God feeds the birds, Jesus points, imagine some ravens flying by or something, and he's like, hey, if God takes care of the birds, how much more is he going to feed his own children? And Jesus points to the ravens, um, employs nature to, to build our faith. As he says in verse 24, consider the ravens. They do not sow, sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than the birds. How can I live worry-free in a world of scarcity? And here Jesus is saying, okay, think about the birds. Something as simple as a bird. The birds are coming back in the spring. You see the robins, and as we hear them, you know, outside chirping. And think about these things, these creatures. The Father's feeding them, taking care of them, and they're not stressing out, worrying, building. They're not even able to sow or reap or do any of that. Now think about how much more valuable you are than these birds. You're his children. You, uh, he gave, we know as the story plays out, Jesus gave his life for us. The father gave his son for us. How much more valuable, therefore, he will provide for, his, for our needs. One day I was walking down the bird seed aisle at the, one of the stores, and I just had to stop. Have you ever been blown away by the amount of bird seed 
that we evidently buy. It's like, I, we don't as a family, but somebody out there is caring for these birds. And I always picture, how many, do we have any bird seed buyers in this house? Look around at who's doing this. Yep, the sweetest ladies and grandmas in the world. Buying up all this bird seed to take care of these birds. Can you imagine sweet Rosalie Wilson buying bird seed and then not taking, caring about whether or not her grandkids or kids get fed? I mean, it's just not going to happen. And that's our Lord's point right here. The Father, if He's feeding these birds, you, He's got you. Whatever your need, He's, he's got you. But another reason to, to not worry, and here he goes logic, just pure logic with us in verse 25. He says, basically, worry doesn't work. It's not an effective life strategy. Verse 25, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? We know our life is a gift from God marked out by him, the days of our life, and when it's time for our life to be over, it's over. And by worrying, we can't add a, even a block of 60 minutes to our life then Jesus says, since you cannot do this very little thing, why worry about the rest? <laughs> now, why live worry-free? It just doesn't work. It's not effective. But here our Lord is pointing at an uncomfortable and yet important reality for us to, to, to think about. What's the assumption behind worry? The assumption is I can control this situation, Right? I'm in control. I, I can affect the situation. In some, in some ways we can. But big picture, what's Jesus saying here? Hey, guys, you're, you're not in as much control as you think you are. Actually, you have very little control. Like you can't even add an hour to your life. So don't worry. God's got you. The Father's got you. He's uh, leading us to this uncomfortable reality that each moment of life is really a gift of grace, that a lot of things have to go right that we can't even control. I was amazed last Sunday at uh, the dinner table sitting with Chad and Laura as they're explaining the medical uh, way that the, our body, the heart's a pump, basically, a pump in our body, and it pumps out our, the blood we need to our, through the artery systems that go out, and oxygen goes to our organs and out the capillaries and all that stuff. It comes back to our heart through our veins. But there's a delivery problem, problem with the vein system in that when it hits our toes, now how does it get back up our leg and fight gravity? That's an issue. You say, well, it's blood pressure. The pump pressure should do that. It doesn't. So is anybody else worried about this? How, how in the world am I going to get my blood back up my leg battling gravity to hit the jet stream back up to my heart and live. Well, I didn't know this, but there God has placed muscles in our leg that massage the blood vessels and the blood back up our leg. And that's why, you know, in an airplane they tell you you've got to get up, walk around, keep, keep things going so you don't blood clot and all that. Wow. Now, did anyone worry about that this week? <laughs> but God took care of it. Now we are all worried about that. Sorry. <laughs> one more thing to worry about he's got us though doesn't he and that's Jesus is just saying the logic of it don't worry it's not an effective life strategy 
And then reason four, he says, uh, if, or points to the, the flowers and love this one for spring. He says, hey, step outside, look at the flowers, take a walk through a field of wildflowers and just notice the beauty. If God clothes the wildflowers with such beauty, how much more will he take care of you? Verses 27 and 28, he says, consider the wildflowers. They do not labor or spin. They don't work and they don't weave. The picture of how we make our clothes Yet I tell you, not even Solomon, you know, Israel's majestic king, in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, the, the grass is temporary, we're eternal, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? Here Jesus points to, points to the, uh, really what's at the root of worry, it's our little faith, isn't it? Our struggle to trust the Father to provide for us. You know, it's thinking life is the journey of learning to fully trust the Father to carry this moment. Isn't that the, the journey? And it's scary. And for those of you who are young and especially start a life, I just tell you, it, I was trying to think back, and I remember it, it is scary at the start where you're just like, is God really going to, carry my friendships if I side with him and do what's right instead of do what's wrong is he gonna carry my social life is God really gonna carry provide for this first job or see me through this or see me through that and after five decades of life I, I just want to shout he will in fact hey anybody 50 and older you guys ready to say amen okay on the count of three will God provide for our needs 50 year olds and older amen it's like we could tell story after story of uh, decades of provision God is so good the uh, and then the fifth reason we see our father knows what we need he says uh, there in verse 29 and 30 and do not set your heart or seek after do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink and do not worry about it the word worry there is different than the previous word worry in the in the greek it's actually a word that's used only once in the entire new testament and it carries the idea of hanging in suspense it's like when the game is on the line and the guys at the free throw line and we're wondering is it going to go in ah oh, stressful it's living in suspense is god going to provide like ah Am I going to have what I need? He said, don't live like that. For the pagan world, or literally every nation runs after these things. The necessities of life. Every other nation in the world, China, Russia, you know, pick your nation. Italy, chasing these things, but we belong to another nation. And what is that nation? Our first citizenship, the kingdom of God. And what marks a kingdom dweller? What marks the citizen of the kingdom of God? The church, we're the outpost of that kingdom. So those of us who have entered into the church through faith in Jesus Christ, what should mark us? We're not chasing all that stuff. We're, we're working hard, we're pursuing it, we're getting what we need, but we're not living in suspense. Why? For your father 
knows what you need. We know our Father knows what we need even before we know it. He calls us to ask for it, pray, and uh, we pray, and He provides again and again and again for us. Why live worry-free? Why resist the urge to chase material possessions? It's because we have a Father who knows exactly what we need. So when you take these five reasons to live worry-free and combine them into one core truth, the truth is this, core truth, I can live confident in my Father's care. Do not worry. How? Believing to my core that my Father will care for me. That's what our Lord is calling us to here. But there's more. So this is neat. Jesus doesn't just call us to stop something. He calls us to start something. And we see this pattern often in Scripture. Put off, put on, things like that. Well, here in the case of worry, when that mountain looms, okay, we're to stop worrying, to see our Father will care for us. That's the truth we look at. But now, what do we do instead of worry? And here we see it, verse 31. But seek His kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. So the question becomes, what's it mean to seek his kingdom? And first, again, it's important to remember when, when Jesus speaks of a kingdom, right now he's talking to people who are part of his kingdom, part of a, a people who are following him. The way that we enter the kingdom of God is through faith in Jesus Christ alone. John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So to enter the kingdom of God is through faith in what Christ did for us on the cross. And if you're not trusting him as your savior today, that his invitation is open to you. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved or will enter the kingdom of God, have a sin forgiven and a right relationship with the living God. The, uh, but as a citizen of his kingdom, what's it look like to seek his kingdom? And that's I don't know if this is for you, it just gets fuzzy, kind of like, okay, seek his kingdom, I kind of know what that means, but what exactly is that? To get really clear on that, a summary uh, definition is to seek the kingdom of God is to simply live with the will of the king as my will, pursue the will of, of the king. It's to, to let my passion, my uh, priority be the priority of the king it's remember jesus taught us to pray this way our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and it's simply praying lord let your will be done in this situation so the mountain of our worry looms anxiety is filling up our heart we see that our father will care for us we say i will not worry but i will seek the kingdom of god meaning lord what is your will in this situation so rather than locked in on the worry, 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 what am I locked in on? Lord, what's your will? What's your will? What's your will? King Jesus, what do you want me to do here? I know you're at work. I know you're going to provide. What do you want me to do? And pop, we, we don't cower in fear, hold on to our stuff, wonder if it's, how am I going to get through this? What do we do? We take the word that spoke the world into being and we charge the mountain of worry and we pop, hit that thing. And what happens when you apply the word of God to your life, confident in my Father to care for me? I will not worry, but I will seek his kingdom. What happens to that mountain? A tunnel. Right through it. Moses, can I get a witness standing at the Red Sea? 
<laughs> and he made that Red Sea a highway. Daniel, can I get a witness? They're in the lion's den. He turned that lion's den into a, a retreat center. Give me another one, somebody. <laughs> David, can I get a witness charging a, 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 a giant? Not a worry. Not with the word of God. Not a, and we live with courage. We do the good God created us to do. And what's really neat, as we, well, putting this together, just to bring it all together, big idea. Here's the big idea. Confident, and this is how we can respond to this truth today and, and live this out. Confident in my Father's care, I will not worry, but seek His kingdom. No longer will the worry be my focus, but rather your kingdom will be my focus. I wish we could share stories today of uh, God's provision. Those moments when the mountain is looming, and I was reading this week, There's uh, John Piper's written a great book called Future Grace, and it's uh, just about trusting God, trusting the promises of God. But he was sharing in his life, do you know John Piper's a pastor, a theologian that have, has blessed so many Jesus followers with his work. But when he was in high school, he tells of the time when he had a debilitating anxiety, debilitating worry to speak out loud. Um, as a kid, he, like it was not a normal, we're all scared to have this, do the speech at school, but he was beyond that. Like it would mess him up. And his voice would crack, and, and finally he, he describes that moment in Spanish class in college. He still has this debilitating fear, and he's like ready to bail on it. And God gives him a promise to hold on to, a word to hold on to. And this scared young man charges that mountain, and what happened to the mountain? God made a tunnel through it. He said it wasn't pretty, <laughs> but he walked through it. And when you walk through it, what do you do? You gain confidence that God provided, saw me through. And what was at stake had not John Piper in that moment taken the word of God and charged that mountain? Confident in the Father's care. I will not worry, but I will seek his kingdom. What was at stake in that moment? <laughs> For all of us who have benefited from his life and his ministry. But that's the question for you. What's at stake in your life now? And you know the igniting vision for me as I was thinking about our church family, I know today studies are out after COVID recently that one out of two people struggle with anxiety today. Half this room has, is having a significant struggle with anxiety, with worry. And, and what's the, the effect of that? It, it causes us to shut down, to not step into what God's called us to do, to build barns, to protect ourselves, rather than to live as he's called us to live and do the good that he's called us to do. But what if we, however many of us are, are a part of this gathering, walk out of this place this week and we start living worry-free, answer the calling of Christ. What, what's the good that he's going to do? And he looks, he um, fleshes that out in what's to come. He says, verses 31 and following, but seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you. So our needs will be met. Verse 32, he says, Do not be afraid, little flock, so our fear is gone, for the Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. The word give there is in the aorist tense, past tense. The Father's already given us the kingdom. So the kingdom is ours. And then he says, Sell your possessions and give to the poor. This frees us to, to live with radical generosity. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out a treasure in heaven.
that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. I just love, what can you expect as you live seeking his kingdom worry-free? Your needs will be met. He's going to take care of you. Your fear will be gone. The kingdom is yours. You'll experience a renewed freedom to live generously. When God says, hey, give it away, you're not going to be worried. Should I hold on? You're going to give it away. And your treasure is secure. You'll be investing in a, a treasure that the stuff of earth can't touch. And your heart will be protected. Rather than living for stuff that's temporary, you're going to be living for the king and, and the stuff that matters for eternity. So what is our response to this truth today? And the simple response is, confident in my Father's care, I will not worry, but seek His kingdom. And so, what's your big worry today? As that appears, what a gift God has given us to uh, take this truth. Confident in my Father's care, I will not worry, but I will seek His kingdom. Thought it'd be good just to give an opportunity to give a moment now for you to just talk to the Father and Give him your worry and just hear him whisper back to you. So if you would just bow with me and as you identify your big worry, just encourage you to hear him say again, do not worry. I love you. I've got you. I'm here. I will provide. Hear him say again, life is more than food and clothes and stuff. I've created you to live forever in a love relationship with me. Hear him say, look at the birds. See that robin, see that cardinal. I'm feeding them and how much more will I take care of you? See the concern in his eyes as he says, don't waste your energy your precious life worrying it really doesn't help anything look at the flowers see their beauty and know that I delight in clothing you caring for your needs and then hear him say you don't have to jump in with the rest of culture the rest of the nations and chase this stuff living in suspense I know what you need and I'll provide it for you trust me live worry free and Take a moment now and just give him your worry. Father, I thank you for the gift of your word to us today. It's powerful to dislodge the lies that are so easy to believe and to help us trust you, love you, and love the people that you've put in our lives. Jesus, I thank you for giving your life so that we might enter this kingdom and have this possibility of living worry-free, and we praise you this morning. Thank you for your presence with us, and Think of Psalm 91. It says, whoever dwells in the shelter 
of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And Father, I thank you that we can dwell with the Most High, that you will never leave us, that your presence is here every step of our journey, and that because of that, we can rest in your shadow. The shadow of the Almighty, the shadow of all omnipotence, all omniscience. Father, I thank you for the peace that you give us. Thank you for the possibility of living worry-free. Help us step into this reality this week for your glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.